Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. Come on, were you guys excited for the word? Come on, well I am excited just to share a concept that I've walked with and I've walked through in my life and I'm talking about spiritual hunger, spiritual hunger and how to develop and cultivate and sustain that spiritual hunger throughout your life. And so if you're taking notes, I love this title because it really encapsulates really where we're going and the title of this message is Stuffed and Starved. I love it. Stuffed and Starved. I love it because so many of us are stuffed on the inside, yet starving, or stuffed on the inside, yet starving still. I, I believe that, that so many of us are so stuffed and filling ourselves up with things of this world, yet we're always searching for more. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And so we're going to look at a, a famous passage, Matthew 5, 6. Matthew 5, 6, if you can turn there. I love this passage because it is the Beatitudes. And for those of, that, for those of you that are not familiar with the Beatitudes, it is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is preaching to the people. So I figured, let's just look at the best sermon of all time with the best speaker of all time. I figured that's a really good place to start, right? So verse 6, I love this, says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus is showing us a way how to live life fully satisfied. Not just satisfied, but fully satisfied if we hunger and thirst for righteousness. And some might say, well, what's righteousness and why is it important? Well, there's literally so many pages and pages upon pages of what the definition of righteousness is. But just to give you just a foundation of what it is, it's basically a relationship and a lifestyle with Jesus. At the end of the day, it's a position and a practice towards the Lord, not religion, but relationship. And so why is it important? Well, it says in Proverbs 12, 28, it says, there is life, there is life in the path of righteousness, but another path leads to death. Man, that's crazy that there is life in the path of righteousness. And so what this passage is saying, ultimately saying that hunger has the potential to really determine the direction and the quality of your life. Something so simple Yes, something so significant that our hunger, what you desire for, what you crave, your appetite in your life will eventually lead you to a path of life or death. And so really, it's, it's crazy because I believe that we are all designed to have hunger in our life. God designed you to have this hunger so that way you were designed to have this intimate relationship with him because we can't do life without him. That's why most of you guys are here in church because you're here because you're hungry for the word. You're hungry for, for more. Some of you guys are maybe not satisfied with your life and you're searching and you're looking. And I tell you, today is a good day to be in church. Today is a good day to be in church. See, the thing is, the question that I'm asking is, what are you hungry for in your life? Really, ultimately, you can ask that question to yourself. What are you hungry for? You know, for me, I love food. 
I, I mean, I'll be, I'll be really honest. I love food. I'm, I'm half Indian, half Colombian, so I love some chicken curry. And then I also love, like some arroz con pollo, you know what I mean? I love some food. I, I love food. And I will have to say, though, um, I do have a sweet tooth, and that is chocolate. I love chocolate so much. I will eat chocolate all day, every day. So, uh, and it, it, is, it is a curse, but I love that my wife doesn't like chocolate, so she balances me out. Very much so. It's good. It's good. But I remember uh, on one of my birthdays that I had, we got a, a large chocolate tower cake from the Cheesecake Factory. You know the one. <laughs> I mean, it is my favorite. You heat that up in the microwave, put some ice cream on top, game over. That's it. I love some of that cake. It's so good. And it's funny because it's like, you know, for your birthday, you're supposed to share with others, you know, but, uh, you know, it's my birthday. Treat yourself. You know, it's, it's, it's me. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm going to eat this. And so I did. I ate the entire cake. I shared a little bit with others, but it was very small pieces and I had the rest of the cake. And it's funny because uh, hours later I was limping along because, you know, I ate all the cake. I'm limping along, but I found myself I found myself opening the refrigerator and I'm searching for food. And I'm, I'm looking in the refrigerator and I'm hungry, but I don't know what I'm hungry for. I'm hungry, but I don't know what I'm hungry for. I believe that many times in our life, we think that something that will satisfy us in life, we stuff our faces with it, and we fill our lives with it, and we think that that is the ultimate, the ultimate satisfaction of life. But later, we, we walk through and we open the fridge of life into the abyss, and we look, and we say, I'm hungry, but I don't know what I'm hungry for. Have you ever been so hungry? that something is missing in your life. So how do we stay fully satisfied? You know, I, I, I want to eat healthy. I have good intentions. I think we all have good intentions to live righteously, to do good things, because, you know, good people go to heaven, right? You know, <laughs> well, yeah, just, just because it's like, I want to live right, but I'm not consistent. I mean, I love a kale salad. I, be, I really do. I mean, I will, I will juice. I, will, I, I like to do that thing, but I love chocolate. It's just I'm not consistent with my life. But I will say this is that what you fill yourself up with the most will be the thing that you crave. What you fill yourself with the most in your life, that will be the thing that you crave. So let me ask you a question. How's your eating habits? Not just physically, but spiritually. How? I mean, only you can really answer that question. If we would maybe, let's just turn it back a little bit and let's just summarize the past seven days, your week. Now, I know some people had some really great weeks and then some people had some really horrible weeks. But we would just maybe evaluate and see out of your character, out of your actions, what does it show that you're hungry for the most? And that will be the one thing that you crave for the most. You know, some people crave for a plate of self. Self-improvement, I want money, I want health, education, I want to better myself. And, you know, these are all good things. But I will say that sometimes the good things in life keep you away from the best thing in life. What is the ultimate in your life? Others, you know, really would say, well, I'm, I'm so enslaved to the opinion of others. And I'm 
constantly looking for, for just, uh, just a good word or, or I'm, I'm building my life around the opinions of others. And others might have a plate of the world, trading the ultimate for the immediate. And I will say there is always an empty bottle. There is always an empty room after the party and it leaves you empty inside. And I say, wow, like, what are you searching for? Maybe some of you guys are not even hungry at all, and that's what's scary. Because maybe you might be like, well, you know, these are all great things, but uh, I'm not hungry. I'm, I'm fine. I'm totally satisfied. I am comfortable with my 2.5 kids and my white picket fence and my house and my car in the garage, and it is fine. Life is good. But I think that that's actually the most dangerous thing. Because if you really think about it, if you had a baby, right, as some of us do, right? I don't. But if you did, <laughs> not yet. But I will say that if you had a baby and it did not eat for several hours, and maybe even that day or the next day, eventually someone might say that that baby is actually extremely sick, that there's something wrong. It's interesting that when we get the sick or the flu or whatnot, it's interesting that the first thing that goes is our appetites. And we're not hungry. So if you're not hungry and you're not thirsty and striving for righteousness, I will have to say that that's a red flag, that there's something wrong with your life. There's something that's inside of you that is, that is starving for more. That you're starving for more. So what do you do when you realize that you're hungry for the wrong things? Simple. Change your appetite. Just change your appetite. Something so simple yet something so significant. And I love this because we're gonna, we're gonna dive into the story of David. I love David. He was a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. I love David. He's a warrior worshiper, you know? He's great. He was amazing. He was creative. All, this, all the psalms that he wrote in there, I mean, a lot of those songs we sing today. And it's amazing what he did. He was, he was defined as a man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. And it's interesting, though, that passion, which I love and I believe that God, God really has put that passion in me for, for him. But I believe that passion misdirected is a dangerous thing. Passion misdirected is a very dangerous thing. And I think when you know the story of David, in many of our eyes, we would discredit him immediately from him being a man after God's own heart. I mean, literally, he slept with another man's, uh, he slept with another man's uh, wife, and then he killed that man. I mean, that's horrible. You would think, and immediately on, on our rights of do's and don'ts, I mean, that's, that's some really bad don'ts, you know what I mean? Wow, you are on the naughty list, you know what I mean? You, you don't get any presents this year, you know what I mean? Like, that's really bad, like, but, but it's amazing because even though it was great sin, I believe that his grace is greater. His grace and his love is stronger than anything that you could ever do. No, it doesn't matter what you do in life. His grace covers you. His love casts out all fear. His love covers you. And I love this passage. In Psalm 63, verse 1 through 5, we'll read here. And it says, and this is David speaking. He says, you, God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and a parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because, I love this, your love 
is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands and I will be, come on, fully satisfied. As with the richest of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Wow, that is rich. That is rich. That could be a song. <laughs> That's good. That's amazing. But I love this passage because really we're going to unpack this and look at four ways, practical ways, four ways we can create sustainable hunger. And the first one, if you're taking notes, is recognize. Recognize God is the number one priority in your life. I love it because in verse one it says, you God Oh my God, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being, his whole body longs for him in a dry and parched land. I think that's interesting because so many times our worship is based out of our circumstance. And here he is in a desert, no food, no water. I mean, it's not a good situation. He's in the desert and he's crying out because guess what? God is his source of strength. God is the source and God is the one that he's, he, David is leaning on God for his ultimate source. David recognizes who God is and he responds. And I love this. It says, when you know who he is, you'll know who you are. His identity, not from his past, not from his sin, not from what he did, but what God is calling him to do. I think that's so key for us to know. And that when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And that is praise him. Praise him. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. And I love C.S. Lewis. And it says this, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know what you're carrying with in life, but I will say this, is that you were meant for another world. You were created with a purpose. You were created that God has a plan for you. And it, I don't care about your mistake. I don't care about your history. If David can do it, you can do it. I believe that this morning. Because I think so many times in, in, in church culture, we're, we're so fixated and focused on our sin, right? And I'm trying to break this sin and this addiction, but we're so fixated on it that we actually glorify the sin and not the Savior. And I would say, let's not get sin-focused, but Christ-focused, because Christ in you is greater than your circumstances and in your sin. Recognize God is the number one priority. Number two, renew in his presence. Renew in his presence. Presence, I love this, presence adjusts perspective. Presence adjusts perspective. We see this in verse four. It says, I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands and I will be what? Fully satisfied. As the riches of foods with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. He prays, there's something, power. there's power in praise. There's power in your worship and how you respond to God. Because God is always faithful to respond when you respond to him. There's power in praise. But I think a lot of times we, we have to detox ourselves because we're so filled. We're stuffed and starved. What are you stuffed with? And you're still starving. I, th I think we need a detox. And if you've ever done a detox, detox is hard. I've done it. It's not good. But what a detox does, it balances your pH level, your body, back to what it's normally supposed to crave or appetite. So basically when you do a detox, you don't like sugar, you love kale. 
I don't know how it works, but it does. It's amazing. But I think sometimes we just got to detox ourselves in the presence. Renew your mind in his presence. Renew your mind in his word. The word of the Lord is powerful and it speaks to you. Renew yourself in prayer and communicate with the Lord. Renew in his presence. But see, I think being consistent is key because eating once time a a week is not going to cut it. Can you imagine if you only ate one time a week? I mean, that would be tough. Sundays are food day. Awesome. I'm coming to get some food. I'm starving. But I think it's so powerful if we empower our congregation and our people to eat for themselves, to really pursue the God with, pursue God with everything that you have. There's something powerful about it when you renew yourself. And so why are some people hungry and others not so much? You know, like, why, 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 man, why is she getting it? And I'm just kind of like, ah. But it's interesting about hunger, it's, and it's just real practical. But the more you eat, right, the capacity in your stomach starts to stretch and stretch and stretch. Almost too much. You know what I mean? But, you start, but I love the fast when we do once a year in January. But it's like when you just eat a salad, your, 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 uh, your stomach starts to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink. And so many of us. So many of us have little, tiny, little stomachs like this. And we're okay with once a week. We're okay with just, with, with just a little bit. That's okay. I'm okay. I'm full. I'm stuffed. Kale salad is all I need. It's good. You know what I mean? But I, I would have to say it's time to increase your capacity because the more that you eat, the more capacity you will have. And when you have capacity, when you have God's capacity, come on. That's the power. I love that. I love this quote from Pastor Tony Evans. It says, spiritual capacity is dependent on spiritual intimacy, and that will determine your spiritual power. Wow. That, I'm, I'm going to read that again. That's so good. Spiritual capacity is the dependence is dependent on spiritual intimacy, and that will determine your spiritual power. Are you living a powerless life? Are you living a powerless life? Maybe it's time to increase your capacity because your stomach is this big. It's time to increase. It's time to eat. It's time. It's dinner time. It's time to eat. You ready? Come on. I believe God is the source of our power, and it requires us to have that connection with him. Renew. So we recognize God is the number one priority. We're new in his presence. And then thirdly, we rally around others with equal hunger. We rally around others with equal hunger. I I love this quote from Pastor Rick Warren. He says, your appetite is influenced by your association whether good or bad. Whoa, so basically whatever you're hungry for is based on who you rally around, whether good or bad. And I think it's time for you to rally around some hungry people that really have stretched capacity. I love this because in Psalm 63, as we are reading, it's actually, uh, scholars say it's a reference to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 23, when David was running for his life because King Saul was trying to kill him. And he fled out of the city into the desert of Judah, but he wasn't alone. He brought 600 guys with him. It's like the best men's ministry of all time. They're like all worshiping in the desert. We don't need water. We got praise, you know. It's amazing, you know. And and I, I think that's interesting that here's David sustaining hunger in the desert. But he was alone in the palace when he stumbled with Bathsheba. It's interesting. Are you alone? 
Are you alone? Or maybe you're rallying around people that really you shouldn't be rallying around. Start rallying around people that are hungry for the Lord. And maybe you're just like, oh, it's too hard. Well, desperation determines destination. Desperation determines destination. And David was tired of living a low living life. He was tired of that. And he's like, I'm desperate for you. That's why we read all the Psalms and it's so transparent. It's so raw and real. You can read the passion. You can feel his yearning for the Lord. And so we recognize, we renew, we rally. And lastly, we remember, we always, always remember God's love for you. Remember God's love for you. Verse two, it says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because, come on, your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I believe that the more you understand how much God loves you, the more you will love God. You know what I mean? The more that you understand how much God loves you, the more you will love him because his love is an endless ocean. His love is so deep and so high, so far wide that it, we can't even grasp his love for us. And that just blows you away. We're like, wow, God loves me. God loves me. And despite my sin and my past, my stumbling and my addiction, God loves me. Wow. I, I believe that God's love has power. And when we recognize that, there's something that shifts in our life. But I will say this, is that the moment we forget God's love, the moment we forget God loves us is the moment we start hungering for other things. And we, start pursue, we stop pursuing and we press cruise control in our lives. We press cruise control in our lives. And... And, you know, I will say this, and I'm going to be really transparent with you this morning. These are not just concepts that I found or that I studied. These are concepts that I lived with. I struggled with. I, I, I pursued the Lord with everything that I have. And, but the thing is, I was stuffed and starved. I was stuffed and starved. I was unsatisfied. And there was a moment in my life I was a senior at Dallas Baptist University. Everything was going great. The campus is absolutely gorgeous. I got married there. It is gorgeous. It is like a paradise in heaven. I, I lived there, and uh, I, I was planning on getting my master's degree at MBA there, I mean, because that's the right thing to do. I, uh, I was a marketing coordinator. Uh, I was in a cubicle, but I was working for that corner office, praise God, with a window, you know? Uh, because that was the ultimate, you know? I'm, I'm striving. I'm working for success for the opinion of, opinions of others. I'm working for success because that's what life's supposed to, that's, that's the ultimate. That's what they say that you're supposed to strive for. And so I found myself stuffed and starved. Stuffed and starved. I found myself really searching for other ways to satisfy my life. I started rallying around other people that I really shouldn't be rallying. I forgot God's amazing love for my life. I started to get addicted with things that I shouldn't have gotten addicted with. And I found myself broken. Broken. And is life worth living? What, what is going on with my life in that desert season that many of us encounter? And all of a sudden, I had lunch with a youth pastor named Dustin Bates. And he drove from Allen all the way close to Arlington just to have lunch with me. And uh, 
He just pointed me to Jesus. He was like, remember, remember God's love for you. Start recognizing who he is. Man, renew yourself in his presence. You're starving right now. Renew yourself with the Holy Spirit. Start praying. Start getting hungry again. Start burning. Start praying in your car like crazy. Start preaching to empty seats. Start praying for those empty seats. Start praying and pursuing the Lord with everything that you have. Start rallying around people that are not comfortable but are just courageous and hungry. We got a youth group called The Movement. You should come and be around us. We're a little bit crazy, but we're hungry for Jesus. Will you join me? Will you join me? And then he said, always remember God's love. And that was the moment in my life where everything just shifted. Your hunger determines the quality and the destination of your life. And all of a sudden, something that I strived for, something that the world said I needed, and this was the ultimate, it just didn't satisfy, and I dropped my food, and I'm like, man, I need, I need Jesus. I need Jesus, and I want him with everything that I have. I quit my job right then and there. <laughs> for real, for real, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and, I, and I said yes to God. I'm like, I'm all in. Either I'm all in or all out. I'm all in. I will not be bought. I will not be shaken. I'm all in. I'm all in for ministry. I'm doing this thing. It doesn't look, it doesn't all line up. It, naturally, it's not the wise thing to do according to the world's perspective. But I was going to lead worship for 20 kids with the acoustic guitar. Man. And we saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students' lives changed. We saw, we had a baptism night, and there was parents in the back just kind of watching, just kind of like observing. And the next thing you know, at the end of the service, they get saved. We saw a move of God like never before, and I will never trade it for anything because he is the one that satisfies. He's everything to me. He's everything to me. John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come so that they have life and have it to what? The full. Have it to the full. Jesus is what the human soul is needing and looking for. Jesus is beyond fulfillment. If you look at his life and what he did, I mean, you look at all the miracles that he did, it was abundantly more. More leftovers when he had made, made uh, you know, fish and, and, and loaves. I mean, leftovers, abundantly. But as we've been looking at David's life, I want to look at the son of David, who is Jesus. And the moment right before he encountered the hardest thing in his life, which was the cross, he recognized who God was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He renewed himself in the presence of the Lord. He rallied around others, his disciples. Yes, they were sleeping, but he saw their potential. He saw their potential, and he remembered God's love. But I believe that, yes, God is all man, but yet or Jesus is all man and all God. And I believe that he was remembering us. He was remembering you right here in these seats. And he was like, man, I can't imagine what, what 
freedom and salvation is going to do to her and to him. And hope is going to shift and change his life forever. He was remembering you on that cross. Hunger. Hunger. First, uh, John 1.16 says, From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. From his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. And so I, I don't know what you've gone through or, or, or your past or history, but his grace is abounding. His grace is covering. Jesus came down to fill the void that we could never fill. He did it for you. It's time to eat. It's time to hunger for the Lord again. You know, for me, I... I um, I want to share a, a powerful and provoking story that really encapsulates this concept of stuffed and starved. And I did a study on hunger. I did a study on hunger and what people will go to great depths and lengths to satisfy their appetite and their hunger. And I looked up greatest famines in modern day history and unfortunately the results were terrifying and saddening. and It, it was disturbing. And they said that the greatest famine of all time happened in 1958 to 1961 in China. It was called the Great Famine. And according to the Chinese government, they said that 15 million were reported dead by starvation. But that number is skewed because they were trying to cover up the actual devastation of what truly happened. According to the New York Times and other reliable sources, they said that 36 million people died of starvation. And that's not including 4 million babies not yet born. Historians say that the amount of deaths was close to World War I times two. Devastation in that time period. Why would this happen in such modern day times? Not 1958 to 1962. This shouldn't have happened. Why would this happen? Such devastation. And, and that was the big question of historians. And they were looking and they were finding, why would this happen? And they found out that it was a combination of an extreme drought and famine that hit the land. It was extreme weather. However, their system of agriculture was skewed. It was wrong because the, the government wanted to have such a hand on how the food was distributed, but then also how the seeds were planted. They would take the seeds and they would dig deep into the ground and stuff the seeds there and cover it up, thinking that there would be more grain. But they were wrong. And they thought that, well, let's kill the birds of the air because they would pick the seed and let's kill the birds because they're stealing the seed and they were wrong. Locusts invaded the land. It was absolutely devastation. It was chaos. They lied about the number amounts of food that was being grown and they, they beat the farmers. They were saying, where's the food? And it kind of just really opened my mind and my eyes to say that I believe that many of us have a system of how to get our food in a broken way. I think we're kind of limping along by and we're, we're okay, but what happens when the drought hits? When the famine hits? When the, when, when the storms of life come? What do you do? What do you do? 
It was devastation. Their system was wrong and it was broken. Is your system and your process of hungering after the Lord, is it, does it need to be a little bit repaired? It was sad because they said that in remote, in remote parts, they had people that would take the soil and the mud of the ground and mold it into some type of bread and they would eat this, this, this soil, this mud to satisfy their hunger. And for a very moment, they were satisfied. Their stomachs were full, yet they were stuffed and starved. Stuffed and starved. And they said that they found thousands and thousands of bodies with full stomachs that died from starvation. And I just started thinking about it. I believe that there's a famine that's going on here. That there's so many of us that are stuffed and starved. We're stuffed and starved and we're tired of, of just, just low living. And we're, we're, we're settling for comfort. We're settling for second best. And I came to you today to remind you to lift up your eyes, to really recognize who God is, to renew yourself in the presence of God because His power in presence. It's time to rally around others that are hungry for more. And I tell you what, it's always good to always remember God's amazing love for you. God loves you sir God loves you ma'am with everything that he has because he's hungry for you he's longing for you did you know that did you know that he's longing for you Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest are you weary this morning are you burdened it's time to come to Jesus. It's, to, it's time to come to his presence. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.